0: You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Austin Rodriguez. Yeah, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on the show, man. Austin, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and what do you do professionally?
1: I, uh, I'm i in a band called Colorblind Dinosaurs. I play guitar and sing for them. And I write all the music and book all the shows or whatever. I'm also in a few other bands. And I, uh, I really just fill in for a lot of the local bands, even a jazz band in the area. You know, I just... I really embrace music and different instruments, and I like to play around,
0: really. Well, the name Colorblind Dinosaurs, that's a good one because I think aren't all animals mostly colorblind, so wouldn't dinosaurs be (laughs) colorblind?
1: Well, the thing with that is it's kind of like we don't really know if anybody is colorblind because we could all – you can't really tell. There's no way to, like, tell anybody else how you see the same color. You know, it's kind of just like your own way of seeing the world. Everybody – sees different colors, basically. You know, There's no way of
0: telling if we see the same colors. Who decided on the name Colorblind Dinosaurs?
1: Well, I actually had the name for a while, uh, probably like halfway through high school. I just kind of like made it up and didn't really uh, think I was gonna do anything with it. I kind of knew I wanted to do a band after I had gotten out of high school, which I was like starting to play out in my senior year, just drumming a little bit. Then I kind of like grew from there, then eventually made my own band. But I had always had the name Colorblind Dinosaurs. I kind of just made it up randomly one day. I didn't really, I don't know if I was thinking anything of it really, just kind of random,
0: I guess. There are so many times I start looking at like band names. I start looking at like just random serial names, anything in general. And I'm like, how did they come up with the name of that? But you got to think of what your idea's got to be. So your name's Colorblind Dinosaurs. You had to decide, first of all, what type of music you guys are going to play, obviously. Um, call yourself a high energy ska punk pop band i guess you would say how how would, that's a lot in one that's like somebody added too many flavors into the mix
1: yeah well basically uh the the most i guess generalization of what we do is i guess ska punk but really it just means that we do everything we we don't really like limit ourselves we play reggae or ska or punk rock we do hardcore stuff we have some like heavier breakdowns we have jazzier stuff we really don't like put a limit to what we do we have a lot like a lot of pop punk in our sound kind of experimental stuff in its own sense you know
0: yeah that's what i like about um the band expendables they got like this alternative rock more like a metal or kind of punk feel to it but it's reggae music yeah hell yeah <laughs> um if i like I, it see that's where it gets crazy because i start looking at like it's so easy to make up a reggae name like palm trees and in, in the stars or you just randomly say <laughs> i'm a big reggae fan but like there are some anything
1: irie <laughs> yeah
0: exactly and it's like it's it's crazy because you get like classic bands like some of my favorites like slightly stupid like it, it just, oh hell yeah they just fit perfectly you're like i don't know what it means but i like it
1: yeah kind of just those weird Names are kind of just like, they kind of have more of like a vibe to them than a meaning. I don't know. That's kind of like CBD or like, uh colorblind dinosaurs.
0: Yeah, I like it. CBD. There you go. Already referencing the cannabis. I got gotcha. you. I'm, I'm there oh, with yeah. you. I, I picked up on that one.
1: A lot of people are easily, uh they can associate CBD with us pretty easily. It's a good way to remember us. It's like, oh yeah, they're that weed band. <laughs>
0: Well, even though you played music in school, like where did the kind of passion come from in a way? Like my whole family's radio broadcasters, everyone's in a band. I remember um, my dad's a drummer, plays in like a Kiss tribute band. So I always knew him as Peter Chris, basically the cat man, you know. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, to get the chicks, you got to play an instrument. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like (laughs) that's the idea is to get chicks. You got to play an instrument. And so um, I tried drums. I liked it, but it was like, yeah. You know, it's hard. We keep moving around. It's hard to keep kind of getting a drum set set up. Then um, my mom, my brother, they play guitar and they sing and stuff. So I was like, all right, well, let me just hop in and see if I can learn guitar. Fucking hated it. Um, The highest (laughs) I could go was medium, probably on Guitar Hero. And then yeah I, I was like let me play bass and then i liked it and then my dad's like you literally picked the one instrument that literally every band member besides the bass player makes fun of because they get the least amount of chicks i'm like well fuck i'm out <laughs> damn yeah well uh, i
1: actually had always listened to music my first uh concert i was pretty little i was probably like six or seven i saw santana in tampa which is pretty awesome, but then after a while, my sister started getting into, like, a lot of hardcore and punk rock, and she, she kind of showed me a lot of, like, the edgier stuff that I got into, and then, of course, we started going to, like, a bunch of concerts and stuff, and she kind of, like, showed us, like, more of, like, the edgier genres, because we had always listened to, like, rock and, like, ACDC in our house or whatever, like, classic stuff, but then eventually, I I got into the modern, I guess, like, heavier punk stuff through my sister that way. And then me and my brother started to, like, jam out in our little shed. I would play drums and him on guitar. We would switch, just play a few different songs. And then I kind of got pretty good that way, jamming with him.
0: Who would you um say that some of your biggest influences are?
1: Some of my biggest influences are, like, basically... Anything I used to see at Warp Tour or like see live. So like Streetlight Manifesto, definitely a heavy influence. Uh, less than Jake for sure. Uh, I kind of like have a few different uh, influences too, like reggae, kind of like sublime, and I guess like more pop punk stuff too, kind of like Joyce manor Blink-182 vibes. Kind of like a little mix of everything.
0: Yeah, I figured out that, you know, both my my mom played like, you know, more of like songs like Heart, like that band with a lot of covers. My dad played covers like Kiss and then my brother was a big reggae fanatic. So I remember when I was a kid, every time in the car, we were just rolling up to my grandparents house a good hour away and we'd just be listening to 311 the whole time and yeah I like everything I mean I went from Green Day everything all over the sun I like all types of music whenever I find something good it also depends on the type of mood that you're in
1: yeah exactly and uh when when I write music I like to usually write like short songs usually like not even two minutes long and kind of just like energetic stuff so you
0: you like it to be fast-paced a little bit too
1: yeah exactly and I like I mix up the vibes because there's a, there's a lot that you can do with it, especially with our instrumentation, since we have the horns in the band, you know, it definitely adds a different aspect and there's a lot of different things you can do.
0: You have a similar tone to a, one of a band I really, really, like called nine mile roots. Um, they have a lot of, they have nine people in the band, hence the name, but they have a couple like when it comes to saxophone trumpet and they got keyboards, that's all like really important especially if you're creating like a punk or reggae type feel um only because you can get so much of a more unique sound from it yeah
1: that kind of like limitless sound yeah which i always enjoy in a band when they can pull off basically anything
0: well see I, I, i mostly in the bands i've been involved with have been like something like my brother's like you should pick this up so we can do a band thing It's been fun. I've played on the radio multiple times, but it's got to be a whole thing when you guys come together and make a band. What tears up so many different bands is the fact that everybody wants something completely different. And if it's not addressed up front, it's going to end up causing a problem later down the road. Yeah. Yeah such as like all right who's in it for the women i am who's in it for the money i am who's in it for the you know that whole different thing everybody's got their own choice and then later down the road people are missing gigs people are doing all this stuff and it becomes a big of a problem because you can't let really you know you get paid to do an opportunity or you get paid to go up on stage or something and if someone bails out last minute it's like we don't have time to find a replacement yeah exactly
1: i mean we're definitely one of the band's we're just in it for fun like it's really just for the live experience because we we do most of our shows for free and stuff and we just like to you know basically party uh everybody in the band is they can agree that when we have everybody moving around with us and just I guess singing along to the covers and having a good time it's just it makes it worth it just having that experience you know.
0: What would you say would be the, one of the hardest things? Like, I, I was trying to come across some of your music, too. I only saw one for the Colorblind Dinosaurs, that single. I'm like, where, what do you find to be the hardest thing to do when it comes to just playing music in general with the band? Would you say that would be writing the writing process? Because that was always a pain in the ass for me.
1: Well, really, the writing isn't too hard. It kind of comes natural. I, I try not to make myself feel like I have to try too hard which is usually why I don't write too long of songs. I really don't try too hard. <laughs> but it's also like this goes to show that I'm just kind of like having fun, just messing around kind of thing. Just really in it for the the fun.
0: Where do you get most of your inspiration for it? I feel like sometimes I'll be driving down the road or something. And I'll have to like pull over and like, oh, shit, I got to save this. I got to put this in my phone or do something like that just to make sure I don't forget it.
1: Yeah, sometimes out of nowhere I'll, I'll think of something like an idea like that write a note down or something but uh most of the time I actually like will make the music first and kind of like build the words around that maybe I'll have something on my mind around that time but usually I kind of like make the music first and kind of just build off of that vibe and see where it goes from there
0: yeah usually you can like write something out or something and then start playing it or have like this little beat in your head, then you can play it around your band members, especially when you have a good camaraderie with them too. When you're all friends enjoying and doing the same exact thing, it makes it so much easier where you could just start riffing on something. Next thing you know, someone else hops in with their little idea, and then next thing you know, it turns into this giant. Like I, I like to kind of elaborate it a little bit more with um a bunch of chefs in the kitchen creating one recipe. Like everybody's throwing yeah. in their own mixture, everybody's throwing in their own spice. And it's like that's super important because. I mean, I'm a big fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. If you Yeah, for sure. If you've ever seen live at the Slane Castle, um it's this live DVD that they have out, but you could tell that Anthony Kiedis and John Freshanti were having a little bit of conflictions a little bit you could kind of tell the tension was there and then Flea and chad smith were just rocking out i mean they felt like they were in sync together me as an audience member i can see that so a lot of people don't even take that into consideration if you fight before uh, a show if you're arguing before you go on stage if you bring that out there it does affect the overall atmosphere that your audience is kind of enjoying
1: yeah and there's also like that understanding of what each other is doing with the music. So you could always kind of hear it too when they're more together.
0: If I had to ask you what would be the most memorable concert you've ever been to? Uh,
1: like attending?
0: Yeah, man, I'm talking about like you went, my, I can tell you mine, right? My first concert I ever went to, um, I went to go see Slightly Stupid when I was 16 years old. It was on my birthday, it was New Year's Eve. So they played for an extra three hours. We didn't get out of there until like 2.30 in the morning. Um, I was I it's one of those things where you're like, this is the best day of my fucking life, and yeah. <laughs> everyone's leaving because everyone's like, Fuck, I gotta get home. I got you know, it's three o'clock in the morning basically. I gotta get home. And I just sat there looking for guitar picks. I was like, I knew he threw one of these motherfuckers out here, and I'm looking around, yeah. <laughs> and all I see is uh Kyle jump off stage and run up to me and grab me by my shoulder and I turned around like huh, and he's like, how old are you, man? I'm like, I'm 16. I just turned 16 technically, I guess yesterday. And he goes, what? It was your birthday when when we were playing. It was your birthday. I was like, yeah. He goes, happy fucking birthday, and hands me a fucking joint. I'm like, nice. (laughs) Two things went into my head. One, I've not really smoked weed before, and every time I have, it's gotten me pretty messed up because I try and keep up with people I shouldn't be keeping up with. And then the second thought that went through my head was, I'm just not, I'm not, not going to pass smoking a joint with the singer from slightly fucking stupid. Like what? So I smoked it and we're sitting there chatting and shooting the shit that solidified my just love for them in general, having that type of quality in a band where they can get super big, they can play giant venues, they can do whatever. And they don't lose the interaction with their fan. Even if it's just someone nameless like me yeah yeah which
1: is always respectable in a band that can do that still have like a really intimate show and still play like i guess larger scale venues like you said uh i saw recently i went down to uh the culture room in fort lauderdale and i saw our friends in the super villains play with less than jake and that was another one of those shows where that's a pretty big band that still has those really intimate shows they're always interacting with the crowd and kind of like throwing people out there inviting people on stage you know like really getting intimate with the crowd and joking around with them and a crowd really responds to that you could tell the difference in a show like that you know
0: what would what would you say like if you had to pick out like a key feature in any concert you've ever been to whether it was a certain experience like um You know, like me with that slightly stupid reference. Like I've met the Expendables live. Um, Being able to play Mortal Kombat on their tour bus is pretty fucking awesome. Oh, that's sick. (laughs) But like having that, like do you have a certain memory that kind of sticks out into your head every time you go to a concert? I can tell you my worst one right off the back is there's a difference between a reggae concert and a techno concert. I really wish someone (laughs) would (laughs) have addressed that to me before I went because my buddy was like hey man last week we just saw G love and special sauce I got tickets this week to go see Steve Aoki I'm like all right yeah man I'm down for a free concert sure I fucking went there and I've never been so just freaked out in general it was just it wasn't me you know I went up in the rafters was sitting up there with a couple of people drinking beer And I'm like 18 at the time and I'm just kind of sitting there hanging off the rafters. I'm looking down, there's kids with light up gloves, you know. Oh yeah. Doing everything. And then there's people throwing cake and I'm like, where am I at? I don't I only know one song I like by this guy. I'm like, this (laughs) is just kind of me just being here just to be here.
1: Yeah. Well, especially in Florida, we have like so many different scenes that will play at the same venue throughout the week. So like, especially a band like us, we our genre stretches throughout so many different styles. So we end up playing different types of shows. And since I fill in for other bands, I've been to a bunch of different types of shows. And it really depends on like the overall vibe of the bands, how the show is going to be. Like I've been to a lot of hardcore shows where there's crazy throwing down and moshing and people going crazy swinging around. And then I also go to like, A reggae show the other night and it's all chill like a totally different atmosphere then i'll have a jazz show on a different night and people are sitting down at those and it's just crazy the different shows that we have and like the different vibes
0: well not even with your own show in general like any concert you know we can talk about you look at music in general i think the most amazing thing about it is the fact that it can be so uniquely different, but the audiences you get, the different types of people you can meet, they're all coming there for like the same exact thing you are.
1: They all just uh like live music, which is like of course my favorite thing.
0: I feel like um if I had to suggest one of the most important things I think that kind of adds up into it too is the fact that music is very, very powerful. It is probably, I don't know. It, it we all have a song or something that gets us through a certain time, gets us, you know, makes us feel good. Yeah. And as a band, or just someone that's creating music in general, it's hard not to change with the way that the times are doing as well. Um, such as like the Dirty Heads, for instance. They're one of my favorite bands. I listened to them when they first started making music. Then, you know, they came out with that one album that wasn't so good. You know, Sound of Change. It took a while because they did something really, really strange. They took um, a newer kind of where the new audience was, and they took the old reggae and they tried to mash it up. So they were doing techno song, and their whole album was completely different where people were like, What the fuck is this? But then now they've, they're at this point now where they've mixed it and blended the audiences together perfectly and created this harmony. It took that one album to get us there. And I know when um The Expendables created a new album at the time, it was called Starry Night. I listened to that song. I was like, fuck, they changed. They, they, they changed. This isn't them. And then I remember memorizing the whole entire thing. Uh, when the album finally came out, I went to a concert, and I was front row singing it. And the singer looked down at me and remembered me from when he's met me a couple times before on the radio. And he was just like pointing at me and singing it too. He flicked three guitar picks at me. I missed every fucking one. <laughs> I, I finally found one on the floor when everybody was leaving. And then he came down and we just shot this shit for like an hour. Like those experiences are what really kind of solidifies music in general. Like when I pop in a pepper CD, when I pop in whatever music I want to listen to or turn it on on Spotify, I think immediately back to that concert, you know, that experience that I had and got to listen to it. Cause it's completely different when you see it live.
1: Yeah. And I think that live, you definitely understand how I guess it emotionally affected the writer to write that music. So it's like you kind of understand, especially coming from them, the music, I guess, portrayed by them live.
0: If I had to say, what was your best band memory that you've had so far? What would you say it would be?
1: Probably we played this last uh, Lake Rec, which is a festival that I put together every September. We played a cover of uh, What's My Asian by Blink-182. And just the amount of people that were singing along and moshing, it was like a really crazy experience. And that was like a really cool, I guess, grasp at like a bigger show because like there was a lot of people and, it was a lot of fun.
0: Do you ever get freaked out when someone starts moshing in front of you? I feel like if I'm playing music and I'm sitting there, like, it, especially let's say you're um, your trombone player or uh, he he's sitting there blowing into the damn thing. And the next thing you know, he sees like, like a guy getting knocked the fuck out, like right in the middle of the thing. That's kind of make him a little bit like, oh shit, that just happened.
1: Yeah. Well, we're kind of ready for it. Uh, our music kind of encourages the moshing. So, We can't not expect it.
0: Would you say that's just kind of the vibe you guys are giving off when you're playing like Blink-182. You try and kind of like thrash around a little bit because I know seeing that shit, like that just influences it too. Like Steve Aoki, when I saw him jumping across stage and like, you know, cranking up the beats and making that vibe, everybody just started getting pumped up with it and started people started rolling around each other. People were throwing elbows. I was like, I'm about to knock somebody out. Yeah, a a good crowd
1: is always – really receptive of what's going on in the the music so uh we play a lot of like really fast stuff like i said we definitely have some of those i guess like hardcore punk vibes where we kind of have like faster music but it's definitely really melodic and we throw in the ska elements and the horns kind of like give it that nice like ska reggae vibe
0: now even when you're do you choose what song you play when you're going to a venue? Like, do you find like you look at a venue, you have to pick a certain set list because you do a primarily amount of covers. So, I mean, how do you choose? Like, you're not playing Blink One Eighty Two at like a local like pool or something where people are like trying to relax and drink like a, uh, what? Uh, I wouldn't even know what to say. I guess drink a latte or something.
1: Yeah, um, we definitely have formed certain set lists specific to certain shows. Since we do have a variety of different types of shows that we do. Um we've played reggae shows where we'll throw in a lot more of our sublime covers and our different reggae covers that we do. And then we do have like some more pop punkier shows where we'll go hard on the the Blink one eighty two stuff and we've done punk rock shows where we cover no effects. We we definitely mix it up and try to always kind of like throw people off and kind of keep it fresh throughout the set. Definitely our set list is catered kind of to where we won't overdo anything too much by the time the next song comes up. We'll try to keep it a good balance with the reggae and the punk and then slowing it down, speeding it up, trying to keep the crowd involved.
0: How do you usually... Guys, go across the writing process. Someone just kind of creates it up first, and then you guys kind of sit in a room and play it out. Or you just find that if you guys sat down and kind of made yourself kind of like get into the hangout position, where it's like, "Hey, let's try and create something." You just have a bunch of people vibing off of each other. I think those are good moments to kind of bounce off each other.
1: Yeah. Well, really, what happens? I'll I'll have like a riff that I come up with, and I just I'll just bring it up in a practice. And then they'll kind of just know right away like how to go about it. They put their own twist on it. They'll try different things. Uh, I've definitely been surprised at some of this, the stuff that how it turns out in the end versus how I kind of originally imagined it. But when you add it a different uh, person they definitely put their own twist on it. And that's what makes like the writing process unique as a band. Cause they get to add their own vibe to something that you created and it makes something all new in itself.
0: Have you guys ever thought about trying to think, create a little bit more original songs?
1: Yeah, we actually do have a bit of original songs, but it's mostly played live. We don't have much recorded yet. We are going into the studio to get more of that out there. Uh, but actually we, we play mostly original songs throughout our set if we have like a half hour set we'll probably play 13 songs and like two of them are covers because we have a, a bunch of originals that are like really short songs so we're just working on I guess now recording more and getting it pushed out there so we can keep on I guess getting the next release out and try to get more of our originals out
0: this is the best part about having like where technology's at now. You can buy your own home studios and stuff and be able to create something yeah, just exactly. uniquely. Like my brother was the one that handled all the songwriting process and being able to come up with the unique riffs and stuff. And then um, he did a lot of the studio stuff. He always finalized the CDs and was able to do it like that. Back in the day when you could print out CDs, now you can just upload to Spotify. And it was so weird because like we'd just be, you know, I was the more like the type of musician where it's like, tell me what to do and I'll play it. And then that's it. Okay. I'm not very good at creating up something unless it's like, a, like a one note or two notes or something, but I can think of words pretty well. And he, I remember we smoked, um, a little bit of that Mary J. And, yeah. uh, he was like, let's create a song. And I was like, okay. And he's like, Th- think of an idea. I was like, I don't know. And it was like the middle of December. So it was snowing. This is a few years back. And I'm like, snow and i just looked out the window i was like snow and he goes all right give me like 10 minutes he was looking out the window and i'm like sitting there staring at him and like obviously that 10 minutes felt like four hours but i'm sitting there like staring at him like he's just staring out the window and he's writing shit down like i don't know what he's thinking of then he starts playing this thing and it was like so fucking good i mean it was like it might have been good because i was pretty stoned but I was like listening to it. He's like, what do you want to call the song? I was like, snow. And he's like, no, nah, it's already a song name. You got to think of something original and unique. He's like, we're a reggae band. What would you call it? And I'm like, white flakes of frosted. He's like, that sounds like a fucking cereal. I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm hungry. <laughs> and it was like those experiences though. Cause I think a lot of what really goes into a setting too. a lot of times, like if you ever heard the band pacifier, they have a song called miss you. And the song is actually talking about Salisbury. If um I I live right next to Salisbury, so when I go and drive, he talks about I come from a place with tall trees, white picket fence, stained brown like coffee. And it's like you get to see that when you're driving up to Salisbury, it's just giant open fields with super large trees. And, you know, he's from Salisbury. So having that kind of recognizance in kind of the environment, including it, I mean, that's perfect for reggae. When it comes to like metal, when it comes to rock, you're mostly talking about emotions. You're talking about like anger, you know, you got to create that feel because when you have that type of song, you can't make a song about palm trees and dolphins and make it a hardcore metal song unless you're talking about something where they're on fire. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes we do have like goofier shit where we'll just like literally sing about something stupid and put like a really cool catchy hook on it like we have a song called the marijuana song where it's literally just like it's probably a half minute long in total and it it literally just makes
0: no sense and we we just play it for fun i think also the whole factor is if you're gonna create songs i think the easiest band to create a song for is probably funk I I, I know it sounds weird, but the amount of lyrics like if you want to look at Red Hot Chili Peppers lyrics and you want to look at like an older funk band, like I'm on a psychedelic laser coming down on a trippy mountain plane. It's like, holy shit, like (laughs) what? I don't even know what that means. He's a space sound monkey and a ring in my brain. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That's funk. I like it. That is definitely some funky lyrical value. I just pulled that off the back of a fucking cereal box. So there we go. (laughs) But it's like, I do have to ask, because what does play a giant effect into the way you write music, definitely there's a little bit of drug influence there. I mean, come on. Um, Just getting high too, and being able to kind of experience, like I don't do it anymore. But when I did, I was able to actually hear the uniqueness and the kind of the notes, but more of a general way of, it brings you into a realness into the moment. You know what I mean? I feel like so many times, like we want to talk about things that can kind of throw an artist or a performer off. I mean, if you go up on stage, whether you got an argument in your head, whether you're thinking about like, oh, my car just got towed, you're, it's going to be so hard for you to break out of that and truly be in touch with your music. You know, it's going to be hard to kind of create that overall love that all the fans want to see. They want to see that music be played you know, they want to see that experience on your face.
1: Yeah, I guess for for some people, it's a way to make it easier to, I guess, access that creative side where you don't have to try so hard. It kind of just like leaks out, which sometimes I guess it, it does make it easier, maybe getting a little high, but most of the time, I mean, I, there was a while where I wasn't smoking, but I would. I just wouldn't write music if it was kind of too much of a task. I would just kind of like wait for it to kind of come naturally.
0: That's got to happen though too when um, you're writing music in general. Like one of the hardest things is to kind of force it out. You know what I mean? To be like, Ugh, like be able to crank a song out. Sometimes the yeah, lyrics just have to come to you. To
1: write something.
0: Yeah some of the most important things too. What do what do you kind of see yourself doing with this? Like are you trying to take this like to do professional or you just really love the whole fun from it?
1: Well, definitely would kind of like to make a career out of it eventually. Uh just working my way up to it, definitely enjoying the process. We have a lot of fun right now with the shows that we do, but definitely looking forward to one day hopefully making a living out of it and doing it as I guess, like my career, like I said, being able to embrace that.
0: What I'm trying, I'm trying to think. If you had to think of any idea for a song, or thing in general, or something you got on the tracks, or you got something that's coming up, or maybe down the pipeline, what would you say? Like, you know, what, what, what was what would the title of it be?
1: Uh, we do have a a song that we're going to be releasing soon called uh, Spider Cup.
0: How the hell did you get Spider Cup?
1: That was kind of. A random thing, sort of. I was in my room, and I had this plastic solo cup that I had ready to, like, get the spider out of my room. Uh, There was a pretty big spider in my room one day, and I
0: I had used it to get out. You you didn't set the house on fire? That's what I would have immediately (laughs) done. Oh, definitely not.
1: Uh, I'll let him out safely.
0: I see. When you said spider cup, immediately when I first thought was that you were looking at, like, a coffee, and someone did, like, a latte art and did a little spider in there
1: which is actually funny that you say that because uh my cousin is in a band called spider bucket and his artwork is actually uh a bucket with uh, eight spider legs coming out of it so like there was questioning of whether that was a cross reference which it, it kind of ties that in naturally
0: when it comes to um even with that new song coming out and stuff when it comes to like playing in front of your audience what would be like one of the most important things that you kind of try and bring on stage?
1: Well, that song is definitely more, I guess, uh, pop-punk driven. It has a, a breakdown, I guess you would call it, at the end. So it, it kind of brings like uh, a bit of a stretch for us in our genre, how we can kind of like do more things with what we have, I guess, to try to show like a more energetic side of us.
0: Now, what do you – try and receive more from your fans or in general do you see a lot of support when it comes to it or do you just find people that are kind of there just to just you know get through it
1: oh definitely people are very supportive and they they definitely have fun at our shows and they'll they'll let us know whenever they're having a, a good time afterwards they'll see the set they'll say yeah that they really had a good time i mean you could tell playing when they're having fun that they're not like bullshitting like we've had shows it's been kind of like awkward all night and then we'll, we'll play at the end of the night and then like everybody will be involved. And I think the, uh, the crowd involvement is kind of like an ensuring part that like we kind of are onto something. It's that reception that
0: they have to the music and that response. Well, yeah. You don't want people sitting there screaming, like, you know, talking real loud, like, Hey Paul, what'd you eat for dinner last night? Oh, I had, a-. it's like, dude, we're trying to play a set. Like, you know, it's, it's hard. Yeah, we'll have people more
1: involved and kind of like, I guess, interested, kind of like listening.
0: I think that's one of the most important things, too, when you do a live performance, too, because I mean, they can easily just pop in a CD and listen to the song better on a studio version than they do live. But, you know, I remember I went to go see Pepper play live um, in Baltimore and I'm watching them play. And halfway through, they stopped in the middle of a song and they just started talking to the audience. And I'm like, I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't sober. And I was listening to it and I'm I'm sitting there like, whoa, like this guy's talking to me, like I'm in the middle of singing his lyrics and next thing I know he's having a foreign conversation with everybody. He jumps off into yeah. the crowd, running down everybody, taking selfies with people for like a good 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And then he gets back up on stage, grabs his guitar, picks up right where he left off and it fucking blew my mind. I was like being able to do that and make the whole crowd get pumped up. I mean, if you're just sitting there playing song (laughs) after song, I know how scary it's gotta be. I mean, even for you, like, when you're playing guitar and you're singing how difficult is it for you to just walk up on stage and just let it go like it's it's got to be kind of nerve-wracking i know every time before i went up i was like i got to piss and my brother's like you you already pissed i'm like i got to shit too he's like you already went to the bathroom we <laughs> literally just got on stage i'm like yeah well, i'm nervous now for me i'm just i know i'm there for a good time and that
1: i shouldn't you know i guess get in my head too much about it i definitely just try to have fun and that I show that kind of comfort on stage to everybody else. Everybody kind of picks up on that, like try not to take it too seriously. So I don't, I guess, get nervous in that sense. Uh, But I have definitely gotten nervous, especially at first before I was, I guess, as far into my guitar playing or my singing, I guess, you know, before I was like very sure about it, I've been able to embrace it more recently and have a lot more fun with it. And, when the crowd kind of sees that you're not scared to have fun to your own music, they definitely pick up on that. And that definitely helped me get through it, especially that.
0: What would I, th- if I had to ask you what would be your worst band experience so far, what would it be? I've talked to a few couple bands, like whether it was like a trip or something where it seemed like they were trying to make it to a gig and nothing ever went right and I think that plays into a factor too, but when you love doing what, you know, you're doing it, you know, even the smallest little setbacks or the roughest nights can kind of, they, they they don't do anything to it.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes stuff happens, but really I'll just try to like, look forward to like the next thing that we have going, try not to let it eat at us, eat us up too much.
0: I get that dude. Um, If we're, if you had to think of things that you want to add or you think about any adding any instruments any other unique sound to it too like if you're trying to verge off you're doing punk you're doing all these different types of things have you ever thought about just going and steering in one direction a little bit in a
1: way i kind of think about adding more on like i guess see what else we could add on genre wise to like new music or adding i guess a different influence or a different vibe i definitely try to keep it uh Pretty universal musically, and try not to limit it too much to
0: one thing. I always found it pretty interesting when, like, there was one album that would come out by a band, and it'd be like nothing but reggae, and then their next album would be like a harder rock version, like creating something totally, completely different. So it's like, if you're a rock fan, you're gonna love listening to this album that we made. But if you're more of a reggae one, I suggest this album that we made. It's like I like that because if you incorporate all that into one album, it's like too much. Where it's like you're listening to you know, like smooth sounds of the ocean. And then you hear like this nice reggae beat. And then the next song's like booty, booty, clap, booty, clap. And it's like, whoa, whoa, we went, we went two different directions.
1: Well, our first song that we released, Life Lucid, that one's definitely one of our most, I guess, reggae songs. And that'll be our first song that's out there. So by the time we come out with Spider Cup, which is definitely more of the like, pop punk and driven side of us it's gonna like have the big contrast i guess like you're saying but we are gonna have an ep coming up that does have i guess more of our ska punk
0: side to it do you feel like that's the style you want to go with too like slightly stupid's got like that punk ska style like you're a fan of sublime well um slightly stupid when they were in high school like they're uh the two singers kyle and miles they were just they saw a concert live in high school. and they were like, oh, and then Sublime Bradley knoll picked him up and signed him onto their label called Stupid Records. And I mean that like that whole story, I was like, oh shit, that's why it sounds kind of similar and that's why they, like they talk about Sublime so much. And then after that first experience I had with my very first concert and being able to talk to um Kyle was crazy because a- after that, I learned that he's just a wrestling coach or a high school wrestling coach. Like, that's what he does in his free time. Yeah. I'm like, no fucking way. Like, having that idea before, too. I mean, I had the singer for Ballyhoo on here. And I reached out to him expecting, like, oh, well, you know, my he's been on the radio. My mom knows him. And I'm like, but it's probably not going to get through. He's probably way too busy. And next thing you know, he messaged out. I was like, yeah, man, I'll be more than happy to be on. I'm like, that connection is what makes, in my mind, a good band. Like, even when I listen to a song. Yeah. I straight awesome. up told him on the podcast. I felt so bad. I was like, I never have listened to any of your songs. I'm like I have not listened to any Ballyhoo, honestly. The first song I heard from you guys, I didn't like it that much, so I just haven't listened. But after listening more, just kind of in preparation for you being on, it was like I really enjoy a lot of it too because a lot of it hits at a deeper level. Where sometimes it took a music video to be able to express that too. And I listen to their stuff all the time now. Like um, he's got one song that was out that the music video, like it was a it was a connection between like brothers that I saw and like that hit that resonated with me on a level and i was like that's what you need to do too like the more you create music you got to find out like what's the vibe that we're going to be giving off what's this connection what does it mean to us
1: yeah and they're definitely one of those bands that has that big variety in their sound i've seen them a bunch of times actually and i like them a lot they're one of my more favorite bands i guess you would say uh they lately have been bringing out a lot of their more punk side which i think is awesome because i've always Seen them do kind of like a more reggae set they they've always had that punk side to them, but they've definitely embraced it more, and they kind of throw like everything at you in their sets now with the reggae kind of like the reggae vibes. They have those easy going reggae vibes and poppy
0: vibes for sure well i I like that in any band. The fact is that when you don't get too big for your britches, you know what I mean? you still stay one with the people and they always
1: are pretty intimate in their shows too.
0: Yeah, they're always jumping down, and having a beer or something. I mean I went to go see G Love and Special Sauce and there was a band that opened up before them and this dude just came out sitting on a bucket, had a harmonica, another dude came up with acoustic guitar. This fucking guy played the harmonica so bad ass that I was like, I'm going to, I'm buying everything you guys are going to be selling. I, w- I want my, yeah. I want a tattoo of your signature. He was just an older dude, just chilling and relaxing. You know, it's crazy because, you know, you'll see some lineups where you're like, that doesn't sound like it's going to go together. That band plays a completely different style of music than that band. Doesn't sound like it's going to make sense. Usually you want to incorporate the same things. If you're doing a reggae concert, let's not mix you know techno with reggae let's just mix all reggae bands but they had a country band then they had a a rap band and then they had g love and special sauce which is like hardcore kind of like punk a little bit of like like a country kind of vibe to it it was really strange but dude it played off so well so well
1: yeah i love those variety shows like that usually if i if i'm putting a show together i i kind of tend to do that where i'll book three or four like completely different bands just to kind of like bring different people together, I guess, and experiment with it. I'm, I'm not really scared of it. I kind of enjoy it.
0: Would you say that like, when you see, you know, like if you're booking something or if you're putting some bands together, do you get a lot more local bands? Like, I feel like a lot of people stick to like, let me try and get some high end people on here. I mean, maybe you might not have the option to be able to do that, but I feel like, It comes with a lot of bands. They always pick someone popular. I'm always really, really surprised when you see a band that picks up somebody that you've never, ever heard before.
1: Yeah, well, that's always, I guess, a factor. I guess in any area, there's the bigger bands that add you onto their shows or vice versa. But, you know, we do do a lot of like local bands where it's just all locals and we'll just try to get a bunch of people out. We play at this venue. Called the Bat Ranch, which it's basically just like a like a local networking, and we've kind of over a while gotten to build it up to where we can get enough people out to like a like a strictly local show like that.
0: Now, where did the music inspiration come from with you? You talked about you playing it when you were young, but did someone bring you into an instrument? Did someone show you? Did you pick it up because you know it was something through school?
1: Yeah, well, I had always known that I was going to start a band eventually. guitar is what I figured I would have to, what I kind of imagined myself doing the most. I had always known how to play it, but then I started taking it more seriously after a while and kind of getting ready for it, I guess. Started off kind of like messing around with the drum set. That's kind of what got me like up in my uh, musical ability. I was able to kind of like build off of that, kind of use that same energy on the other instruments. I I kind of treat everything kind of percussively since I started on drums that way, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Being able to keep up with the kind of ebb and flow. The drum is more like the bass. It's more like the, the kind of the rhythm to the whole thing in general. Yeah, exactly. Once you have that beat, when someone's hitting the pedal, when someone's doing whatever, it's one of the loudest instruments too. It's like that thing, that thing can overcapsulate, I guess everyone else in the, uh, in the band when it comes to just being able to see who's hooked up first but the drum set's always the loudest it's always the beat maker it's always the yeah it's always the big thing and uh it's
1: i think that's always a big part of like a live show is the the drums super loud and bass that's what
0: i love too about it too like when you can feel like someone hits the drum set and you can feel it in your fucking rib cage
1: oh yeah it's definitely part of the aesthetic of a
0: live I remember going to see my dad uh play uh and he he's playing like some song from Kiss and I'm like I think my heart just exploded in my chest <laughs> he's hitting it pretty hard I could feel it and then you get to feel the bass groove of it too and then yeah it all all that plays into a factor too whether it's good quality of music whether it's just everybody's in the right mood but when you feel it you feel it man
1: yeah definitely just the sound of live instruments especially when you have the drums mic'd up and the bass thumping hard that's
0: always brought like a a joy to me does that ever get distracting for you though like you're singing on stage and you're about to hit a note and then you know the drum's gonna come in and it comes in it just freaks you out because i mean i played keyboard live one time and i'm like sitting there like all right i know my part i know when i'm coming up and next thing i know i i'm like holy shit so jesus yeah definitely it just really
1: depends i guess on like the the setting and if you can hear yourself well and how loud everything else is to you on stage and being able to hear each other really because that's happened before where some venues like you just can't hear anything at all so you kind of have to like try to just like trust yourself a lot more Plus it's different. Try not to listen so much. It's
0: it's different in a venue when you're like you're the stage quality too. Like if you look at the how high up the stage is, like if you're super high up, it gives a really weird effect to the audience. It kind of puts more pressure on you. I always felt so much better if I was at like a bar or something and I was leveled with the audience. I was like, all right, I'm on the same floor as these people. They're all probably a good, you know, half a foot taller than me. So it's good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh,
1: It's definitely a lot more in your face when you're on the level with them on the floor. We've had plenty of house shows like that that have gotten pretty crazy just because we were like literally right in front of them and
0: level with them. I always found that the small rooms were the ones I like to connect with the most because it made me feel like I could create a better vibe or kind of – atmosphere with the audience you know when i'm if you, yeah for sure you play a big show it's just hard to connect to everybody but if you have a small group it's so much easier like a couple hundred people that's perfect because then you got enough people where it's like all right let's let's kind of let's 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 connect here but you got thousands like people that like redoxley for example doing live at slain castle you know avenge sevenfold whoever you want to name the giant band acdc whoever playing in front of all of that audience like I don't I, – I just – that that to me would just scare the living shit out of me because it's like at this point, it's like Jesus. I'm just going to be thinking about messing up the whole entire time.
1: Yeah, I mean definitely like the smaller the venue, the more intimate of a show it will
0: be. And it's crazy to see it. Like you can tell when you mess up, but the audience can't tell unless it's like a severely bad mess up like – I remember I played on the radio, and I knew exactly where I fucked up. I was beating myself up about it. I was like, oh, shit. I I, I didn't come in right and all this, and I'm listening to it, and I could tell. But then everyone else, it sounded great. It sounded great. I'm like, what?
1: Yeah, especially if they don't know it or if it's like an original song and it's kind of, I guess, open. You could call it like an improv, like, you know.
0: Do you have any rituals before you go out on stage?
1: Uh. Nothing too specific. We do just try to, I guess, try to concentrate on one thing, I guess, adding more hype on stage. Just try to get the crowd going and, I guess, see how we can get ready for that.
0: If All right. So, we have Colorblind Dinosaurs, but what was the original name before that? You had to have something because you don't just randomly toss out. I, I mean, I guess you can, but I don't see that being the first name. Well, I did – Mess around
1: with a few others. I had a name, uh, Suggested Aftercare, which was me and my cousin, John. He would switch up. I would go on the drums, and then we would be called Prolapse Amnesty. But we would just, like, make up random-ass names and just mess around with it. But then after a while, I started to kind of, like, actually write songs and then try to make something like like an actual band. I guess Colorblind Dinosaurs just seemed to fit it. I kind of had remembered that I had that name from before. It was just like, I guess this is the name that I would go with.
0: Sort of random, but. Hey, dude, it fits perfectly, man. I like it. Yeah. CBD dinosaurs, dude. That connection to it. That's how people are going to remember it. I'm going to think of it now every time I look at CBD. And then it's going to bring in the main question into my head is what are are dinosaurs colorblind? I don't know. I mean, they could have been. Who are you to tell? Well, they also said there's a flat earth, so.
1: I guess that's what the name is kind of supposed to do, kind of how I intended it, just like to spark some thinking, especially conspiracy thinking.
0: Ah, you're building up conspiracies with your music now, I see. Yeah, basically. It's a form (laughs) of propaganda, but the good type, the one that doesn't make you go batshit crazy. (laughs) Tries not to tries to keep it cool well i really appreciate you coming out and doing the podcast austin i want to give you here a minute at the end to kind of promote your content too
1: of course man thanks for having me on i'm down to come anytime uh our band's colorblind dinosaurs we're on facebook instagram we have our single life lucid on spotify youtube music uh apple music pandora anything basically you can listen to music on we're gonna be recording more music soon and hopefully doing a tour by the end of the year so maybe we'll come by somewhere near you guys if you want to check us out just stay updated we're going to be trying to do more stuff this year try to add on to our music our originals out there
0: well thank you so much for listening to this episode of out of the blank podcast and stay tuned for our next episode
1: In the midst of it, life will become Living out to my right.